Hey everyone, welcome to this week's conversation with Dr. Stephen Ned about the body and how to fix, protect, or maintain it using outside-the-box alternative solutions. If you're a big fan of the pharmaceutical or surgical approach, you are so in the wrong place because on this podcast, we're not going to be pushing the conventional medicine methods or way of thinking about health. If you're looking for another way to live longer and healthier, join me, Ron Ned, and my brother, Dr. Stephen Ned, for this week's body chat about having a happy and healthy holiday season this year. Me? I'm a retired Twin Cities chiropractor currently helping people buy and sell homes in the Tampa Bay and Los Angeles areas. My brother has a thriving chiropractic practice in the Clearwater area of Tampa Bay, Florida. In this podcast, we're going to chat about all sorts of topics related to health, nutrition, exercise, just about everything having to do with the body. You're invited to listen in to our body chat, but don't forget that neither of us is giving you health advice, so don't rush off to do something without either checking with your doctor first or seeing Dr. Stevenet as a patient at his office. Good evening, Steve. Good evening, brother. So it's holiday season now. We're days away from Thanksgiving, even though this is going to play the week after Thanksgiving. And we'll be after Black Friday and after Cyber Monday and before Christmas. But with the holidays coming up, of course, everybody's changing the way that they're eating and what they're doing. And a lot of that's fun. But in some cases, it's not as much fun because people get colds more often, feel kind of crappy. So let's get into that. First, let's take a look at what are the most common changes that people make in their diets during this holiday period between October and January. Well, people tend to eat more and overeat during the holidays, especially on Thanksgiving and Christmas. And the one specific food, though, that tops the list is sugar, of course, Mm -hmm. especially in the form of pies, cakes, cookies, candies, drinks, pastries, and ice cream. Right. Oh, and the other thing which I never really got because I still think it's bizarre and disgusting is fruitcake. Oh, yeah. I mean, green cherries? Really? You know, I mean, red cherries is one thing, but the green ones, just that just gross me out. So Those are the ones that aren't ripe yet. Oh, uh, right. <laughs> you know, this really piqued my curiosity about how these cherries are processed and my suspicions were actually validated when I looked it up. That was probably a mistake on your part. Yeah. So I looked up how maraschino cherries are made, and it's pretty scary. Mm -hmm. These are not only used, you know, in fruitcakes and on top of sundaes, but they're also added to certain alcoholic beverages. Right. Isn't there formaldehyde in them or something like that? No, but it's bad enough. So I'll I'll actually, I, I thought I'd share this. It's interesting. Okay. So what they do is they start with a bowl of real cherries that are grown in, you know, let's say Washington State, Oregon, or California. And then they go to the processing center and they're bleached in a solution of calcium chloride and sulfur dioxide until they turn yellow. Hmm. So then after that, they marinate them in huge vats of high fructose corn syrup and red dye number four mm-hmm. or other artificial colors such as the green that they use to make the, you know, the green ones for the fruitcakes. Mm-hmm. But fortunately, if you absolutely need to indulge in these types of cherries, the maraschino cherries, there's actually recipes online that I found where you can make your own without all the bleach, refined sugars, and chemicals. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I also wanted to talk about hidden sugar because this is also a major issue with holiday goodies. Okay. 
According to the American Heart Association, the average American adult consumes 22 teaspoons of added hidden sugar per day. Mm. And that far exceeds the guidelines of just six teaspoons of sugar per day for women and nine for men. Right. And this tends to be higher during the holidays, of course. So a few examples of hidden sugars are sucrose, fructose, and basically, you know, anything that ends in O-S-E, O-S. Evaporated cane juice, corn syrup, and brown rice syrup. Yep. And then a few examples of items with hidden sugar include bread, alcoholic beverages, yogurt, foods that are listed as natural, such as sodas, desserts, and pastries, Mm -hmm. and canned fruits. Mm -hmm. So I thought it'd be good to have a complete list of hidden sugars as well as food items with hidden sugars in our podcast notes. Okay. Well, make sure you send that to me. I will. Good. Yeah. See, I prefer the blatant in-your-face sugars rather than the hidden sugars. (laughs) I know. So that's something that people have to be aware of. Probably if somebody can avoid it altogether, that would be ideal, but that's probably not going to happen. So you can look for recipes that use things like just like sugar, which is actually fairly healthy for you. I know I also made some cookies with it and they were actually pretty good. And there's uh, ice cream. I know that there's an ice cream that's made out of coconut milk that has like one gram of sugar per serving. It was mentioned in the Plant Paradox book and it's pretty good. They have vanilla and they have butter pecan and I think mint chocolate chip. So there's, there's different things that you can do. And then there's things like, you know, if you're making sweet potatoes, you don't really need to put all the honey and sugar and other things like that on it, like our mom did, because it's sweet enough as it is. Mm-hmm. So there's different things that people can do. Now, because of all this change in diet, what are some of the health issues that are most commonly seen during this period of time? Well, I picked out five of the most common, and they're, of course, weight gain, stress, heart attacks, accidents, and colds and flus. Ah. So now, is there any correlation between the two? Because we were just looking at what's more commonly seen during this period of time. They didn't necessarily say what's more commonly seen because of. Mm -hmm. So is there a correlation between the two of them? Well, let's go through all five of these. Okay. Obviously, weight gain, yes. There's absolutely a direct correlation between weight gain and overeating and eating high sugar foods for sure. Mm -hmm. Now, stress, not so much from eating foods, but some people end up eating and drinking more unhealthy items when they're stressed. Mm -hmm. So poor diet choices can result from stress just like drugs, you know, they can be used as a solution to stress by some people. Right. Now, heart attacks, absolutely. I mean, eating foods high in sugar and other inflammatory ingredients can contribute to hypertension, cholesterol buildup, and other risk factors for heart attacks. Okay. Accidents, there's really no connection here, except for maybe if someone has way too much to drink, which could make them more susceptible to falling or God forbid, an auto accident if they stupidly get behind the wheel. Correct. And then, of course, colds and flus. And we went over this in the flu episode, uh, podcast number 11. And remember when I went over the fact that flu activity last year began in the United States in October 2017, and it started to increase in early November, right after Halloween. Right. 
And then it rose sharply in December during the holidays and also the time where there's less sun mm-hmm. through most parts of the country. Mm-hmm. And it stayed high into February. Right. And then also in the virus and bacteria podcast number 40, I covered the two foods in particular that you should avoid, especially when combating viruses like colds and flus, as well as bacteria. Mm-hmm. So again, there, of course, sugar, since it can shut down parts of the immune system for hours at a time. Right. And dairy products, in particular milk and ice cream, since these gum up the lymph system, which is where many of our immune cells live, especially our white blood cells, and thick lymph fluid makes it very difficult for these cells, which are like little Pac-Men that run around and eat up bacteria and viruses. Right. It makes it hard for them to mobilize or move around. It's kind of like swimming in quicksand. Hmm. Yeah, I don't like swimming in quicksand. (laughs) No, nobody does. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so there is definitely a connection between the two. Now, just for people who are listening, we are having an upcoming episode. It's to be released on December 19th, which has to do with the common colds. So we'll now have both an episode covering the flu, and we'll have one about common colds right before Christmas. So make sure you listen to both of those so you can have a Merry Christmas or Happy Hanukkah or whatever holiday you celebrate. Now, Are there any kinds of substitutes I mentioned before about just like sugar, but what other kinds of substitutes can people use for the worst offending dietary items? Okay, great. There's tons of things here. So, you know, of course, yeah, the sugar substitutes, stevia, lohan, which is monk fruit and as well as xylitol. You know, we went over this in great detail in both the sugar and artificial sweeteners podcasts. Mm Mm-hmm. And also, yes, you should also avoid all artificial sweeteners too. Yeah, absolutely. They're not good alternatives to regular sugar. Mm -mm. Now, almond milk, coconut milk, or goat's milk can be used instead of cow's milk. Mm. And instead of milk chocolate, you can indulge in dark chocolate, preferably organic and 72% cacao content or better. And that is healthy for you. Yes even according to Dr. Gundry. Mm -hmm. You can substitute coconut milk yogurt or goat milk yogurt instead of regular yogurt. There's also one that you didn't mention, which is sheep's milk yogurt. Elsa gets that at, there's a farmer's market here every weekend where she gets some of that. And I think they also carry it at Gelson's Mm. and it's really good. Actually, a much more flavorful and richer type of yogurt. So that's another one you can add to the list. Sheep's milk yogurt. I'd love to try it. I just haven't seen it around here yet. Okay. Yeah. Don't forget you're in California. We're in Florida. So we're probably the sheep are all out on this coast, not on the Florida coast. Yeah. It's too humid. All of their their uh, wool would be curly and spiky and, you know, what happens in the humidity with your hair. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. In regards to yogurt also, also get plain yogurt because of hidden sugar added to most of the flavored ones. And I recommend adding berries and any of the natural sweeteners I just recommended to help sweeten it. Okay. Now, instead of dairy ice cream, again, you went over the fact that there's coconut ice cream alternatives and even Haagen-Dazs now makes coconut ice cream alternatives, including a coconut caramel option. That's actually pretty good. I just tried it. Did you really? Mm-mm. Did it have more limited sugar in it? I don't know if it had less sugar, but at least it was non-dairy. And it was okay, coconut. well, it's one out of two ain't bad. That's right. 
Then there's gluten and lectin-free flours like almond flour, coconut flour, hazelnut flour, cassava flour, and arrowroot flour. And you can get these at just about any health food store. And I think tapioca flour also. That's right. And if you want to indulge in wine, I recommend preservative-free or sulfite-free red wine. Mm. Find that most places now. Okay. Now, Horizon brand makes an organic eggnog that's available. And remember to consume this one in moderation. Even though the first two ingredients are organic, they're still cow's milk and cane sugar. Okay. Nature's Food Patch carries a brand called Jenny's, which specializes in organic macaroons. And which, for those of you who don't know, are chewy coconut cookies. And my favorites are chocolate chip and chocolate drizzle. You'll have to try these when you come out next time. I will. Okay. And I also found a simple and highly rated gluten-free stuffing recipe via the Food Network. Hmm. So we can include the link for this in our podcast notes. What do they use instead of bread? Uh, Gluten-free bread. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, this one's really basic, but you can spice it up by adding extra ingredients to it, like minced garlic, cranberries, apple chunks, sausage, or bacon. Okay. But not mushrooms. No, of course not. Not at least. (laughs) Of course not. All right. Well, that's great. Okay, so, and there's probably cookbooks out there with all sorts of different recipes that would fit what we're talking about here. Now, if somebody's going to be eating some of those things that they love during the holidays, which let's face it, you're not going to be just torturing yourself for the next month and a half watching everybody eat things that you would enjoy and having some kale and celery. So if you are going to be eating some of those things that have sugar or dairy or whatever, are there any supplements that people can take that'll help so that people don't end up suffering the colds and the flus and the other things that go along with it. Yeah. You know, remember we, in the sugar podcast, we talked about chromium picolinate, especially, mm-hmm. you know, if you have kids go to a party kind of thing. So that, that applies to adults too. And this helps the pancreas produce insulin more efficiently to handle large amounts of sugar consumption. True. Also, you know, along the same line, cinnamon, zinc and magnesium, as well as alpha lipoic acid are very good for sugar metabolism too. Okay. Betaine hydrochloride, apple cider vinegar, and lemon are really good for increased protein intake. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, not only do we consume more sugar during the holidays, but protein as well, like turkey, ham, roast beef, and the Italians like to eat fish on Christmas Eve. Okay. Yeah. Then there's lectin blockers that are available to help reduce inflammation from what most consider are healthy foods like tomatoes, squash, cucumbers, and peppers. Mm Mm-hmm. Remember, we learned in the Plant Paradox podcast that these foods are loaded with lectins in their seeds and skin and can cause inflammation in the body. So you can get this supplement called Lectin Shield either directly from Dr. Gundry or for about, believe it or not, $20 less per bottle on Amazon.com now. That's correct. They have them there and also on eBay. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I have my bottle waiting for the holidays to arrive. (laughs) Sounds like a plan. Yep. Now, both vitamin C and D boost the immune system, and especially vitamin D3 due to lack of sun, even if you live in Florida. Most of my patients test very low on vitamin D blood tests, even though we live here in Florida. Mm. 
you know, again, the ideal range is 50 to 70 nanograms per deciliter. And if you have cancer, it would be 70 to 100. But most people that I test are actually in the 20s. Really? Mm-hmm. Do you just send them next door to get a blood test? Or do you send them out to your usual lab place? I usually send them to my usual lab place. I mean, if they have their own health insurance and they can go next door, fine. But uh, we use a lab that gives us a huge discount on this. I might have to do that when I come out. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be a good test for you. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the homeopathic remedy flu terminator is excellent for flu prevention or to knock it out quickly at the onset or to reduce the time that you're down with it once you have it. Absolutely. And we talked about that in the flu episode. We did. Okay. Very good. Those are all good suggestions, things that people can stock up on and prepare to prevent problems from occurring as much as possible. And so do you have any other recommendations for making it through the holidays with the least amount of negative results because of eating things that we love during the holidays that we wouldn't normally eat during the rest of the year? Yeah, I got a couple more tips on this. Um, I recommend you drink more water to dilute either alcohol or other drinks that are high in sugar. Okay. And by the way, sometimes what we perceive as a sugar craving is actually a sign of thirst. So I can't stress enough to drink plenty of water during the holidays, which can also prevent you from overeating too. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. Another thing is don't stop exercising. In fact, try to exercise more to compensate for the additional calories that you're consuming during the holidays. Yeah, that's a good point. So get up off the sofa and walk to the refrigerator to get your next slice of pumpkin pie instead of having somebody get it for you. Right. And, you know, if you're going to someone else's holiday meal or party, just bring some healthy alternatives with you that you can eat. Mm -hmm. You know, most of these are potluck style anyway. So that allows you to include things that you know that you can have. Right. And also consider eating before you go, which can help to keep you from overeating and to help you resist unhealthy foods that can tempt you when you're there. That's true. I know when I go to something like that, I'll bring my, I'll have my lectin shield before I go. And then I just like a little taste of everything, all those things like stuffing and, and the sweet potato pie and mashed potato stuff that I just normally wouldn't eat. It's like just enough to get a taste of it is nice. And then that way you don't overeat. All right. Now, do you have any other advice to help people get through the holidays with the least amount of health problems? Yeah. Well, you know, it's not a bad idea to get chiropractic adjustments during the holidays to help your immune system, digestive system, and your overall health. Mm -hmm. As far as stress is concerned, there's one study that says that seven out of 10 people feel overwhelmed and stressed during the holidays, which can be due to various things, including spending more money, Mm -hmm. hosting holiday events hosting family members, including Mm -hmm. in-laws, being alone, uh, remembering departed loved ones, Mm -hmm. family conflicts, of course, and just simply being overwhelmed by having too much going on at one time. Right. So for stress, some good pointers include just stay organized, and that can include a holiday to-do list to follow. Mm -hmm. Identify stress triggers and strategize how to handle them ahead of time before they actually occur. Okay. Respect other family members and friends' beliefs, even if you don't agree with them. And if the situation gets a little too uncomfortable or touchy, just simply change the subject or go for a walk. Okay. 
And if you notice another family member antagonizing another family member, then just nicely take them aside and make them aware of what they're doing. Sometimes people don't realize they're creating unnecessary conflicts. And I can't also stress enough the importance of getting enough quality sleep. I mean, it's a whole lot easier to handle stressful situations when you're well-rested. Very true. Yeah. And for those of you who haven't already heard our podcast on the flu, uh, sugar, sugar substitutes, uh, artificial sweeteners, and the plant paradox, I'd highly, highly recommend that you check these out since they're loaded with information that will definitely help you get through the holidays with the know-how to make better informed decisions regarding diet and your health. Absolutely. Great advice. Now, is there anything else you'd like to say on this topic before we end? No, I just want to wish everyone a happy and strategically healthy holidays. Excellent. I agree with you 100%. So now we'll dive into shopping and eating and fighting with family members and watching our favorite teams lose and having awful refereeing going on and all the great stuff we look forward to. Next week, we're going to go into a topic that will actually help in all of that stuff in a certain way, and that has to do with homeopathy. We've brought that up before on this podcast, and it's something that a lot of people don't quite fully understand. They see these little vials when they go to the health food store of something or another, and they've heard about oxalocosinamin <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Oxalocosinum, I think. Yeah, whatever. How it's pronounced. So, um, yeah, people have heard about that and they've heard about some of the other things, but they don't quite understand how that whole thing works. So when people don't understand something, they'll avoid it. We want people to know what homeopathy does, how it works, how it can benefit people so that it opens up that as a possibility for them. So that's what we're going to talk about next week. Excellent. All right, everybody have a great holiday. Right on. Thanks for joining us this week on the Body Chat Podcast. We both really appreciate your time and your attention. We want to provide you with interesting and informative episodes each week. And if you have a topic you'd like us to cover or any questions you'd like us to answer, send an email to us at info at bodychatpodcast.com. That's info at bodychatpodcast.com. To make sure you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes, subscribe to the Body Chat Podcast now on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or Spotify. See you next week. Yeah.